Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production from iHeartRadio. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeart Podcasts, and how the tech are you? So for those of you who celebrate, I hope you had a Merry Christmas. And for all those who do not, I hope you had a wonderful December the 25th. And I thought it'd be fun to do a sort of retrospective episode that cheekily I call the 12 Days of Tech Christmas. But really, it's about 12 days in 2023 where important tech stuff happened. Stuff that is in the tech field, not tech stuff, as in the name of this show. Also, I'm very sad to say these are not necessarily jolly days as a whole. The dates in this episode reference important events in tech, and many of those important events are also sad or troubling ones. But hey, I guess we all celebrate the holidays in our own way. Let's start off with Thursday, January 5th, 2023. That was the day that Amazon confirmed it would be laying off more than 18,000 staff, primarily from the Amazon Stores Department and the People, Experience, and Technology divisions. The company cited economic uncertainty as the reason for the layoffs, a phrase that we would see repeated over the last couple of years as folks debate whether or not the word recession is applicable. Since recession has some specific qualifications to it, we typically settle on economic uncertainty. The reason I include it here is not just because my heart goes out to all the folks who were affected directly or indirectly by those layoffs, but also because it was one of the earliest examples this year of companies making some pretty significant cutbacks. A big part of the problem was that tech companies went on a hiring spree 
during the pandemic days. But once things began to calm down, suddenly these companies found themselves with a workforce that arguably was larger than what it needed to be. And while a lot of companies had already held significant layoff rounds in 2022, this year things amped up considerably. So in addition to Amazon, a lot of other companies like Meta, IBM, Google, Microsoft, Qualcomm, and many more held rounds of layoffs this year. Here's hoping next year is much more stable. Moving on, Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. This was the day Microsoft announced new versions of its web browser Edge and its search engine Bing. And these new versions would benefit from the power of artificial intelligence, specifically ChatGPT. Microsoft had previously committed to a $10 billion investment deal into OpenAI. That's the company that makes ChatGPT. So you can look at this as the first of many AI implementations in Microsoft products. The integration into search meant that Bing could provide answers to questions and thus remove the necessity to click through to search results. That's something that has a lot of companies upset. It's a lot of work to put together an informative website. At least it's a lot of work to make a good one. And to have a tool essentially crimp the relevant information from your site and then serve it up to someone who might have actually visited your page directly otherwise, that's not a comforting thought. For content-dependent sites, it's a very scary thought, actually. And on top of giving content sites the willies, uh, this move has poured gas on the fire that was already lit among other companies that were looking into getting into AI. Suddenly, there was a very real-world example of how everyone else was falling behind Microsoft. Next up, Friday, March 10th, 2023. The day federal regulators shut down Silicon Valley Bank, a.k.a. SVB. This marked the second largest bank failure in U.S. history. Uh, the largest happened in 2008. And the reason that it's important to tech anyway is that Silicon Valley Bank was a critical component to the tech sector. It serviced countless tech startups. And the circumstances of 2023 played a big part in why the bank ultimately failed. Startups usually aren't profitable. Sometimes they don't even have a way of generating revenue. And tech companies can actually remain unprofitable for a really long time. See also the history of Twitter. But it still costs money to operate. And that money has to come from somewhere. So in the tech world, that money typically comes from investors who are hoping to make out like bandits once the startup they're investing in either goes profitable, goes public with an IPO, or perhaps if you're really lucky, it gets swallowed up by some larger company for a hefty acquisition fee. But this means that during times when economic factors are less conducive, such as when interest rates are high, investors are less generous with their money. And that means startups might have to dip into their accounts to cover costs, and that means making withdrawals. And if the bank they're withdrawing from doesn't have the cash to cover all the withdrawals of all its clients, you've got a problem. Next thing you know, there's a run on the bank. And then you get George Bailey standing on a desk and saying, no, Tom, your money's not here. It's, it's, it's in Billy's app developer company. And Charles, your, your, your money is in Timmy's ride-hailing startup, and so forth. That was a really bad reference to It's a Wonderful Life, in case you didn't pick up on that. Anyway, SVB collapsed. I remember I was on my way to South by Southwest when this was happening, and I saw folks all around me in the airport who were also traveling to Austin, Texas, try to remain calm 
while simultaneously wondering if they had just lost access to all their money. It was a wild experience. Now, in the end, the U.S. Treasury Department reassured all the depositors that their money would be covered, and that was a pretty darn significant accomplishment in its own right. We move on to Tuesday, April 18th, 2022. That's when Reddit changed its API policy. So in tech, an API is an application programming interface. So essentially, it's a tool that developers use to create new apps that tap into some other platform or application's capabilities. It's like using someone else's work to act as the foundation for your own work. And in an ideal situation, all parties benefit from this arrangement. But things were changing at Reddit, and AI is largely the reason why. Companies that are building out large language models need to train those models on massive data sets. One way that you can build a data set is to scrape data off a platform that has a ton of communication stored on it. Reddit is such a platform, and the training can give LLMs a chance to build models that structure messages in a way that's more human, or at least more human in Reddit terms, which depending on which subreddit you're on can get pretty spicy. So Reddit wanted to make changes in order to charge these AI companies more money to scrape data off their site. They're like, we're providing the data. We should be making money off this. It could be a huge revenue generator, but it had a lot of other consequences. While Reddit was still working on the changes in April, the announcement raised some alarms that got louder over the course of the spring. Reddit would charge developers money depending on the frequency at which their apps connected with Reddit. For popular apps, this would mean that a developer could owe as much as a million dollars or more per month, a cost that no one could really afford, and so a lot of popular Reddit-based apps had to shut down. This infuriated the Reddit community, and many subreddits went dark in response. Some went further and conducted a form of online guerrilla warfare against Reddit, which prompted Reddit to backtrack on some of its changes, but it, it all got Very ugly, and the fallout isn't over yet. Next up, Monday, June 5th, 2023. Apple shows off the Vision Pro Mixed Reality headset. For years, rumors were buzzing about Apple and the company's efforts to develop augmented reality glasses. Uh, They were right up there with other legendary rumored projects, like an Apple-branded television set, or maybe even an Apple car. While we might still be waiting on those, Apple finally revealed an AR headset at the 2023 WWDC, or Worldwide Developer Conference. Now, this headset is not the stylish pair of eyeglasses that folks were hoping for. It's a form factor that Apple reportedly chased, but they found it difficult to actually make it work. And let's be fair to Apple. It's really hard to cram all the components you need for a really compelling, good working pair of AR glasses into a form factor that's just an eyeglasses frame. Even if you want to go chunky with the frame, it would be really hard to do all of that. So Apple's device doesn't look like glasses. It looks more like a high-tech pair of ski goggles. The technology reportedly will be controlled through various means, including hand gestures, voice commands, and using your eyes to command the goggles to do stuff. It'll also set you back a small fortune. Apple said these sets will start at $3,499 a set. They're not available just yet. We'll have to wait till next year to actually get our hands on them. I've read various reviews of people who got a chance to experience it firsthand, the people who were at WWDC. They sound really nifty. I don't know if they sound nifty enough for people to plop down $3,500 on them, but 
I also am not the kind of person who has an extra 3,500 bucks just laying around to try it out. So what do I know? All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will wrap up our 12 days of tech Christmas. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We're back and we're up to Sunday, July 23rd, 2023. And on that night, Elon Musk declared the era of Twitter had come to an end and from that point forward, Twitter would be known as X. Twitter had launched way back in 2006. It had adopted its bird logo, which was nicknamed Larry the Bird back in 2010. But on this night in July, the letter X took over. Musk has long had an obsession with that letter. Back in 1997, he co-founded X.com, one of the components that would eventually become PayPal, a company that ultimately forced Musk out of it when the other leaders in the group figured he was too troublesome to keep around. And Musk had wanted to build his own version of an everything app similar to WeChat in China. The rebranding extends to what we call stuff posted to X. Before, if you posted something to Twitter, you called it a tweet. Now we typically call them posts, although Musk himself initially suggested we call them X's. Maybe we just still call them tweets because a lot of folks continue to reference X as Twitter anyway, despite the official change. As I say in another episode, 
This rebranding shook things up in the tech world. A lot of people questioned the wisdom of the decision. They argued that Twitter had stored a lot of value in its brand and logo, and that by tossing those things aside, Musk was really making things harder on himself. But here we are anyway. Next up, Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. This marked the opening day for the massive antitrust lawsuit that the U.S. government has brought against Google. So at the heart of the matter are accusations that Google, through various means, has worked to ensure that Google search is the default search engine for various devices and platforms. That Google actively worked to discourage competition in the space, often by offering large payouts to companies in an effort to secure Google search as the default. It is the largest antitrust action brought against a tech company since the U.S. government went after Microsoft a few decades ago. Now, back then... It was all due to how Microsoft positioned its web browser. At that time, the web browser was Internet Explorer and made it the default browser on Windows devices. And further, how Microsoft worked to integrate its operating system and its browser together, which critics argued was an attempt to make it impractical or even impossible for someone to use some other form of browser. That case at one point led to a decision, a legal decision, that would force Microsoft to break up into smaller companies. But later on, a different judge overturned that initial ruling and Microsoft was allowed to remain Microsoft. Could Google face similar pressure to break up into smaller companies? It's hard to say. For more than two decades, the U.S. government has been largely hands-off as companies like Google have gained greater influence and power. Maybe we're seeing a genuine swing in the other direction, but it's an ongoing story that will stretch into next year at the very least, and the fact that the U.S. is entering into an election year and a change in administration could mean a drastic change in how we handle these sorts of cases, I wouldn't bet anything one way or the other at this point. Next up, Friday, October 13th, 2023. Friday the 13th. That's also the day that Microsoft closed the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. It took nearly two years to do it. I think 20 months total. Microsoft first announced the intent to acquire Activision Blizzard in January of 2022. The deal reached the value of nearly 69 billion with a B dollars. Initially, the plan was to close the deal by July of 2023, but these massive deals, you know, they take a really long time to work out all the details. This one took longer than was planned, largely due to regulatory resistance all around the world. A lot of regulators raised concern that Microsoft would be consolidating the video game space to a point that hurt competition. Sony representatives actively consulted with regulators, worried that Microsoft would lock popular video game titles like the Call of Duty series under an exclusivity agreement, and thus deny other platforms the chance to carry those games. Microsoft and Activision repeatedly made promises to multiple parties that they wouldn't do that, at least not for another 10 years or so. But the deal seemed like it was up in the air for most of 2023. Even today, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission is a bit dodgy on the whole thing, but I'll talk about this more in another episode, so let's just keep it moving along. Thursday, November 2nd, 2023, the first of a lot of November stories. Sam Bankman-Fried, a.k.a. SBF, was found guilty of seven charges ranging from fraud to conspiracy. Now, if you're not familiar with SBF, he was co-founder of two important cryptocurrency companies. The first... 
Alameda Research was a trading firm. Essentially, it allowed customers to invest in various crypto-related things. The second and more infamous of the two companies was FTX, an actual cryptocurrency exchange. In late 2022, FTX began to fall apart as folks discovered that the leaders of the company had secretly been funneling customer funds stored in FTX to cover costs over at Alameda Research without telling anyone or asking permission to do so. The revelations led to the collapse of both companies, the arrest of much of the leadership of those companies, and various investigations into what was going on in crypto in general. We're still feeling the consequences of this disaster today, and SBF is now facing sentencing after being convicted. In fact, as I write this, the latest news is that SBF's lawyers had requested a delay in the sentencing, and the judge has denied the request. He is due to be sentenced on March 28th next year. Monday, November 6th, 2023, WeWork files for bankruptcy. Talk about a fall from grace. All right, first off, WeWork, I don't think technically belongs in the tech sector, except everyone treated it like it was a tech startup, largely because it did mimic a lot of tech startups. But really, WeWork is just about securing office space and then subleasing that space out to other entities. That's it. It's not a new business idea, and traditionally it's got a pretty low profit margin that really feels the squeeze during uncertain times, whether it's economic uncertainty or a pandemic where no one leaves the house. But once upon a time, the WeWork business had hit a valuation of 50 billion with a B dollars. This year, the company declared bankruptcy. I imagine someone standing up on one of those white tables in a shared office environment and pulling a Michael Scott and just yelling out, I declare bankruptcy! This doesn't mean the company's going away, by the way. It is going to restructure and, in theory, come back as a viable business. WeWork has already been the subject of numerous podcasts and even an Apple TV series called We Crashed. I'm sure there will be even more media treatments on the whole story in the future. Friday, November 17th, 2023, OpenAI's board of directors fires CEO Sam Altman. Now, sometimes companies will make a big move on a Friday, like holding massive layoffs, that kind of thing. And there are a lot of different reasons for this, but one big one is that it can mark an effort for the company to try and avoid a big old stink in the media because folks are switching to weekend mode. Perhaps that was why the board of directors for OpenAI, the company behind ChatGPT, to fire Sam Altman, the CEO, on a Friday over a Zoom call of all things. Now, I've already talked about this on a recent episode, but generally speaking, the board of directors was concerned that Altman's leadership was contrary to the mission of OpenAI, which started off as a nonprofit organization dedicated to developing artificial intelligence in a safe, measured way meant to benefit all of humanity. Altman, by contrast, was seen as an aggressive entrepreneur who was pushing products out into the market perhaps a little too quickly and launching a for-profit version of OpenAI in order to secure funding for research and development. The decision was a bombshell, but it didn't exactly last long. Over the weekend, mounting pressure on the board of directors forced them to reconsider their decision, and by the following week, things would look very different at OpenAI. All but one of the board of directors stepped down to be replaced by new board members, Altman returned to the head of the company, and mega-investor Microsoft wagged a finger at OpenAI and said, you better not pull that kind of stuff again. And 12th and final, Tuesday, November 21st, 2023, the day that Changpeng Zhao, aka CZ, and his cryptocurrency exchange Binance entered guilty pleas with regard to massive anti-money laundering cases brought against it by the United States Justice Department. Essentially, a year after the collapse of FTX, which 
CZ arguably contributed to, CZ had to face the music. The U.S. Department of Justice alleged that Binance had served as a money laundering haven for criminals, that it also allowed parties to bypass official sanctions around the world, and that it served as an unlicensed means to transfer money, something that can come in awful handy if you're engaged in less than legal enterprises. As part of the plea, the organization agreed to pay more than $4 billion with a B dollars in fines. CZ himself will have to pay a personal fine of $50 million. He's also agreed to step down as CEO. He could face jail time up to 18 months or longer if the prosecutors decide to go harder on him. The agreement also called for a government monitor to step in and oversee Binance and that CZ is not allowed any involvement in the company until three years after that monitor takes the gig. It was a tough blow to CZ, but compared to his rival SBF, you could say he got off easy. And that's it. Those were our 12 days of tech Christmas. 12 important dates this past year where something in tech happened that really was notable. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this look back. We're going to have a couple more look backs before we close out the year. And then heaven help us. We're going to look forward and try another kind of a predictions episode. I think we'll see. I'm nervous to do it because it's been so long and they are so hard to do. And it also means that ultimately I have to hold myself accountable and take a look back at the end of next year to see whether or not I was even remotely accurate. Uh, really, I think what the Tech Stuff Predictions episodes show is that it really is impossible to predict the future. In the meantime, I hope you are all well, and I'll talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.